They stun the world. They beat challenges and move mountains. They make a difference. They are kings and queens, celebrities and political leaders. But most importantly, they're also everyday folks just like you, master thinkers and movers. You can be one of them. Join the host, Maurice Nelson, and let's climb higher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of MTNM. Yes, Master Thinkers and Movers. They are great, we say. They are dignitaries. They are presidents. They are kings and they are queens. But guess what? They are also you and me. Yes, we can be great masters of our thoughts and we can get the world moving. A lot of you are already doing it. And in our community, uh, we are thriving because of you. Some of the great things that are happening in our community, yes, are due to you. And we want to let you know that we see you and we understand you and we want to push you forward. We want to cheer you on. Hello to everybody at Caribbean Rhythms Radio Network. Uh, Mr. Lewis Witter, how are you doing? Miss Elaine, hello. Uh, Miss Julie, Miss Adriana. Guys, I love you all. Uh, Mr. Perry, Mr. Blake, how are you? Mrs. Blake, I enjoy your show. Big hello to the one and only Miss Christella Estevern, partner in business and all these other activities that I'm involved in. Hello to my people at Samarita Global Outreach, all the great folks at CNJ One Stop Services, all the great folks at Maurice Nelson Consulting. Remember, you guys, this show is being brought to you by CNJ One Stop Services. Maurice Nelson Consulting and the great, wonderful people at Samarita Global Outreach, where we never grow tired of doing good. And we're happy to be with you today on Master Thinkers and Movers. We have a great show for you. Let's go higher. Thank you, Father, for all you've done. Thank you for being our Lord and Savior. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to meet this evening. Thank you for everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice. Thank you for blessings. Thank you, thank you, thank you for protection. Thank you for loving us in ways we could never have imagined somebody could love us. Thank you for this radio station and the work that's being done through it. Use us as a vessel as we wish to bless and we wish to bless and we wish to bless. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For you, a young lady by the name of Maya, who is going to come and bless us with some wonderful pearls of wisdom, talk today about some, you know, thought busters, the enemies of our thought. We're going to discuss a couple of them because they really send us spiraling down the wrong path sometimes. And if we're not careful, mm, we fall victim to them over and over again in order for us to do great things, in order for us to move the world in order for us to move in our businesses in in our responsibilities whatever that may be our churches uh, our families we've got to be masters of our thoughts we've got to think positive we've got to stop being our own worst enemies sometimes and by the way that we're going to bring for you next week how sometimes we're our worst enemies but today we're going to hear from a wonderful young lady 
And so get yourself ready, let's go higher. Today we are joined on Master Thinkers and Movers by a pretty impressive young lady by the name of Maya Nelson, who is a teacher in the community. She has worked in domestic violence and child welfare with at-risk youth. She's currently pursuing a master's degree in mental health counseling, and we're so happy to have you today with us, Maya. Welcome. Thank you for having me tonight. Today we're discussing uh, distractions, distractors, manipulators, and uh, the premise Mm -hmm. of the show is that if we are able to master our thoughts, then we are able to properly um, and effectively and efficiently convert those thoughts into actions and movement that's going to benefit not only ourselves, but our community and everyone around us. That's why we call it master thinkers and then movers. Um, So today I would like uh, uh, for our listeners to understand that there are some things out there, Maya, that um, are enemies to our thought patterns or, or, or the way that we think. And we have distractions and distractors and so forth. What, what can you tell us about that? And what have you seen in your experience? Well, they vary on so many levels. I think from a macroscopic level, we see it in politics a lot with our world leaders, whether it's Putin or Trump or um, even in Germany, around the world, we see those who are somewhat duplicitous in their presentation of their ethics and even of their political motivations. But then we also see it in small levels with our coworkers, with our family members, when we notice that their influence isn't always the most positive. So it manifests itself on many levels. It manifests itself on many levels is true. And and those things tend to distract us. And we're not, in other words, sometimes they take control of our, of our own thoughts, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I'd like to make the differentiation between a distraction and a distractor for someone who's listening today. A distraction is more of a thing, which you can see in the context of the word. But distractions are more things like social media or video games, television, um, nonsense, gossip or problems at work. And I'm not really saying television that is based off of positivity and love and kindness or social media, because those things can be very positive and actually help us to get to where we're trying to go. But these distractions are focused on instant gratification and they focus more on consumption versus progression Um, versus like distractors. These are people who guide you off your path and they tend to be a little bit more sinister, whereas you can put your phone away or your television away or you can put the video game controller down with distractors, sometimes they live in your own home. Sometimes it's your own mental patterns. Sometimes they're your boss. Sometimes they're your neighbor. And it's not as easy to shut them down. Um, but you can use other attributes as a means to create distance between them. But they tend to be people who are lost themselves. Um, they tend to have pretty poor priorities. You'll notice that they'll run to fix things that are pretty small while there's glaring issues that they're still not trying to resolve. Um, They tend to also be constantly in drama and unfortunate is always at their door. Whereas for other people, it's seasonal. For them, it just never ends. And of course, they're never responsible for it. So being able to see the differences between the two and also the similarities can allow someone to figure out, okay, where am I going to put my time and my energy into? 
And what can I do to either get this thing or person out of my life or to better deal with the situation so that I can continue to move and to shake the world? One striking thing for me is that these people, the distractors, are often in your home. Now, distractions, you can you can pretty much, you know, um, discipline yourself, right, uh, to, to not allow them to have that controlling uh, effect over you. Over time, I'm not saying it's easy, but you can do it. Distractors, um, on the other hand, these people who are living in your home. Now, Maya, let's say they're family members. Let's say they're your loved ones. Let's say they're relatives whom you love very much. How do you handle them? in light of what you're trying to do uh, in terms of moving forward with your own agenda, with your life? Wow, that's a great question. And I don't think I have necessarily all the answers for that. Mm-hmm. I think you go to the good book and you kind of see better examples. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at Joseph having to deal with Potiphar's wife mm-hmm. and figuring out a way to get around that. Or if you're dealing with Naomi and her dealing with her with her mother, mm-hmm. um, with Ruth. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're or soon to be mother-in-law, if you're looking at these different people within the Bible, even like a David and a Saul situation, I think mm-hmm. that's actually much better. When you look at David, David doesn't complain that Saul is chasing him, although you know he's distressed and bothered by it because it's almost like this father figure that gave him this position within the military and allowed him to become this courageous warrior that we know him to be today. Mm-hmm is now attacking him and is now coming at him from angles that he never thought he would have to deal with. And this lasted, I believe it's five or 10 years and he's in the wilderness having to deal with this, with the different attacks of Saul. However, he continuously outsmarts him because at the end of the day, David already knows where his position is, whereas Saul is trying to save the very last pieces of it. So if you understand where you're going and you know that God is with you, or even that you just have the confidence to know that I have the attributes and I have the capabilities to get where I need to go. And this is worthwhile, this sacrifice of being uncomfortable, of being aggravated, of being frustrated, then learning to manipulate almost yourself to better deal with everything is the way to go. Now, sometimes it's way too dangerous. If you're thinking about like domestic violence, for example, Mm -hmm. you have to think a little bit more creatively. But when you're dealing with like toxic bosses or toxic sisters or brothers, they have patterns, just like the weather has patterns, just like your body has patterns. So if you're recognizing those patterns, then you can recognize when they're about to attack. And then now it's up to you to create mental barriers that allow you to not be destabilized every time they say something, but instead for you to be able to hit that ping pong right back over to their side, recognizing that all of that negativity and toxicity, that's not mine, that's yours. And if you can continuously do that, that's really where the blessing is. And that's really when you can begin to move and shake is when you can accept blessing and you can also protect yourself from attack. Absolutely. This is this is really good. Now, you just described David and, and Saul, right? And in, in a relationship, of course, that that's toxic, a relationship that, you know, where Saul is menacing. Right. What about when the distractor, when the person who's distracting you is not necessarily doing things you don't like. They might just be leading you in the wrong direction, but you know, you're kind of feeling them at that point. How do you how do you get yourself back on track? I wonder if it's within the question itself. Mm-hmm. Because if if somebody is leading you astray and you can see it, even though you like 
them or you love the feeling or they're your family member, like if they're your parent and you, you love them at the end of the day, mm-hmm. then it becomes a major decision for you. And in order for you to become that mover and shaker that we were speaking about earlier and really mastering your thoughts, you have to make masterful sacrifices. I and like it's that. up to you to start to think, okay, even though I love this person, do I love them more than where I'm trying to go mm-hmm. and who I'm trying to become? Can I be okay staying in the same situation, having sacrificed a dream, sacrificed a job, sacrificed an opportunity, sacrificed expansion, or even for you to find peace? Are you willing to sacrifice all that to maintain this person in your life? And if the answer isn't no, or the answer isn't I'm going to protect what I have, even though I love this person with all my heart and and I, I adore them and we've been through ups and downs, then you failed your test essentially. So you have to get to this point where you're making these ugly decisions at the same time where you see David having to make an ugly decision with Saul, where he could have killed them, but he chose not to. He cut his robe instead, but he knew that unfortunately he was gonna have to take down Saul in whichever way or wait until he, his demise, until he could ascend. And you have to think that same way too, is that I have to make this sacrifice and it's ugly, but God put it on my table and now it's my time to digest it and deal with it. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, um, really, it, it comes down to you and what your priorities are and whether your eyes are really, you know, stayed on the prize and um, your ability to make pretty or ugly decisions that people, you know, the ugly ones, people will not like initially, but later on, they'll come around when they see the progress that you're making, Right. Absolutely. And even if they don't come around, that's Mm -hmm. also, again, that's a part of your sacrifice. You know, we look at some of these Olympians and so many of them, they don't have a life. Mm -hmm. They wake up and it's just that one objective. I'm going to be the best snowboarder. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Everything else is secondary for them. Even though they love their families, they might have significant others who unfortunately have to kind of cater to this lifestyle. But nonetheless, everybody in their lives understands that this is important for this person and we have to support them there. And if someone genuinely loves you and wants the best for you, they're going to uh, they're going to allow you and give you the courage to pursue that. If they're doing something opposite or contrary to that, even though they may have good intentions for you, it's up to you to make that executive decision. It's really about developing that courage and really listening to yourself. And that's the only way you can really get blessed to, to the next level. But Maya, at what point though is that is that really and and I'm and I'm I'm giving you uh, you know these scenarios that I'm thinking of in my mind of what people would say. At what point is that considered selfish and um, wow and, and just you know just rough and antisocial when when you're just considering uh, you know being an Olympian and that's all that matters and you're going to make these sacrifices and cut people in and out of your life. Uh, is it is there a way that you do it to still maintain some level of the relationships or is it just the almighty dream and nothing else? Well, I mean, of course you have tact and I'm not saying it to be just very crass and crude about it. Of course, you have a conversation with someone. You sit them down. You let them know what's happening. You give them warnings beforehand. You might give them one or two. You might give them 10. However, with each one, you need to progressively get closer You have to actually, as you speak to this person or uh, have a relationship with this thing, each time that this person or this thing is not conceding to what you're trying to convey, it's each time how you have to get closer to the inevitable. 
Mm-hmm. So if the inevitable is in your face, you have to make that ugly decision. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as cutting people in and out, it doesn't have to be like that, where you're cutting out people all the time. There's levels to friendships. There's some people who are gonna be your best friends, some people who aren't. Some people you might've married and loved 10 years ago, but today everything about them is a mess. And if you were to continue to be with them, it would lead to destruction. So you have to like, there's, there's levels to it. You might have family members you can't get away from. But you might say hello to them and be tactful with them, but understand, I can't have you in my house for a week because you're gonna drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's really about boundaries. And then on the topic of selfishness, I would argue that we have multiple things on earth for a reason. So we have beautiful mountains, but we also have volcanoes. We have wonderful beaches that are gorgeous. And then we have some that are very rough and ugly. We have the night sky that has beautiful skies. And we also have during the day where sometimes it's kind of bland and it's just blue. Nonetheless, although these contrast one another, they're all necessary in order for us to enjoy life. So if you're trying to get anywhere, you have to understand it's not going to be roses. There's also going to be thorns. Very well put together. Um, Let's move on now to the third one we have on our list, which are the manipulators. And I was speaking earlier this morning and telling a group of people about an example You walk into a store and these people create the ideal. They put things together that are going to affect you to make you think in a certain way. So the type of music that's being played based on, you know, who they're expecting to walk into the store, who their demographic is, right? Or they'll put the gallon of milk way in the back, for example, so that you can walk through the entire store and see all those beautiful, shiny things that they have beautifully displayed so that you can spend your money changing your thought patterns because all you needed to get was a gallon of milk. So those manipulators, they're everywhere in our society. What do we do with them? Wow, that's a big question. Um, So I will first tackle the war manipulator. I would argue that you have your good manipulators and you have your bad ones. What you just described, it's bad for the consumer. It's great for the owner. So it depends (laughs) on both sides. Mm -hmm. However, there are people like maybe teachers, maybe even parents, we would say to an extent, um, and other like government officials who might be manipulative, but they do it for the benefit of their people or the benefit of their home, such as maybe a mother saying, okay, you can't go out Friday unless you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you finish your chores. And that's to teach the child responsibility. So it is manipulative, but it's to the child's benefit. When you have the opposite happening, where someone's detracting from you, taking from you, the way that you deal with them is first by paying attention to some of the signs. And I would say the biggest thing is they try to almost confuse you and they have you kind of in a whirlwind. And it doesn't matter if you're in a relationship with them, if you're friends with them, if it's a boss, they make you feel like you're stuck in this state of insecurity. And the way they do that is by targeting your weaknesses so they can induce, so they can create a huge amount of emotion within you, whether that's anger, whether that's love, whether that's frustration, whether that's paranoia, whatever emotion that can destabilize you so that while you're in that cloud of emotion, they can now get busy on doing what they actually are there for. So the goal for you, if this is happening to you, which I would suspect that's for everybody because we live in in, in a world where there's a lot of manipulators. I might be speaking to some right now. Nice to to hear from you. Um, (laughs) So the main thing is, is, is first understanding some of your weaknesses 
and getting intimate with those. And that's also something you're going to have to do if you really want to be successful at anything you do is recognizing where you are not as fortified. And the more intimate you become with that, it's almost like you're putting up an alarm system as you delve deep into your, your issues. So as you're sorting out your emotions, you say, oh, wow, this triggers that. And oh, wow, that's why I'm friends with these types of people. And this is why I dated that type of person. That's why I was, you know, too aggressive or too passive in this situation. As you get to know yourself, then it becomes a little bit harder for those people to take control for long periods of time, although they can still always attack. I don't think anyone is ever completely impervious or are so, so intelligent that they could not be affected. I don't think anybody should think of themselves so mightily. But I think instead is being able to put up certain walls, put up certain observations, be able to love someone, but also to take a step away from that love, if, if that makes kind of sense, and try to look at them logically. Before you're in this world of emotion, as you're thinking about this person, as you're around them, constantly asking these questions is that really their intention what are they saying versus what are they doing mm -hmm. and that's where manipulators always get jacked up especially the negative ones their actions do not align with their words but they try to use your insecurities and your self-doubt which they rely upon to keep you in the unknown so they can continue to guide you towards nonsense that's really good, Maya. What I keep hearing in every answer you've provided to us is that the answer, right, or, or what we need to do is actually within ourselves. We have to work on ourselves. We have to examine ourselves. We have to watch our own reactions. Mm -hmm. The work is not, is, is not trying to change somebody or trying to mm -hmm. react to somebody, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's in us. That's what I'm hearing from you. Am I correct? I agree with what you're saying. It's definitely um, having to be aware of yourself. However, there are some things you can look for. One of the things is that although charm is a beautiful thing to have socially, people who tend to be charming tend to be manipulative because sometimes they're not always telling the truth. They're very good at smoothing things over and making things look really pretty. Now, I don't mean that every person who's nice and friendly is trying to deceive you, but I'm just saying, pay attention to when somebody's too smooth or their answers are too prepared. Mm -hmm. and they're never really nervous. They're just, it's almost like they're acting and they've done this 15 times before. So pay attention to that. Also, if they're telling you or they're trying to shift blame from themselves to you mm -hmm. or trying to shift guilt from themselves to you, then you need to pay attention to that. If you told them, hey, you were supposed to go to the grocery store and pick up this, and they say to you, well, if you had put more gas this morning, then I would have been able to make it to the grocery store. If they're giving you all of that and not taking any responsibility, that's a glaring sign. Mm -hmm. And then now they're coming back at you trying to make you feel doubtful or feel like, well, if only I'd been more accommodating instead of paying attention to the fact that maybe they were lazy or maybe they forgot. Or just okay. made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Or made a mistake, too. Mm -hmm. um, and then they don't just confuse you. They try to confuse the people around you as well or isolate you from the people who do have any sense. Right. So it's it's a lot of things that are happening at once. The, the greater the manipulator, the greater the effect. But I would mm -hmm. always say the biggest thing is if you have a lot of emotion for somebody that you just met, whether it's a lot of love, whether it's a lot of anger, it's a lot of frustration, analyze where that's coming from if you're someone who's connected to your intuition that little signal inside of you is trying to tell you something 
And that signal is just as valid as if that person walked up in front of you and punched you in the face. Mm -hmm. They're both at the same level. Just because one is physical and the other one is more of a feeling doesn't mean that it's any less valuable. And when you're able to use both, that's when you can protect yourself before things happen. So while you're building your own kingdom, while you're building your businesses, while you're building your families, while you're building your friendships, they can actually grow to be strong and, and formidable so that when those storms come, you're not falling to the ground. That's wonderful. And um, we're going to end it with, with a statement or a feeling that I have. And I wish we had more time to discuss it, but we don't. When uh, these people come to you like that, manipulators will eventually betray you. And betrayal is so horrible to deal with. And mm -hmm. betrayal is the reason a lot of people, um, you know, have fallen off and they've not been able to find their way back. Uh, so the work, uh, as Miss Maya is showing us today, ladies and gentlemen, is, is with us. It's within us uh, to use whatever is at our disposal uh, to, to watch how we think of ourselves and to just do the homework, do the homework of, uh, you know, examining the people around you, the folks around you, the circumstances around you and make up your mind that you're going to work on you, uh, that you are the one who's most important. And yes, you're going to be civil and you're going to, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to care about people, but at the end of the day, you've got to protect yourself and you've got to work on you so that what they say and what they do, um, you know, don't cause you to go derailing to a point where you can never come back. Maya Nelson, it was wonderful speaking with you today. Thank you so much for having been with us on Master Thinkers and Movers. We like the way you're moving and we can't wait to see uh, what you have for the world or what God has uh, to bless the world uh, with through you. So keep doing what you do and uh, best wishes with all of your endeavors. Thanks to you all. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Samaritan Global Outreach, formerly Samaritan Ministries Incorporated, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization established just to do good. Our mission is to educate, motivate, and empower individuals to achieve their highest potential to reach for higher standards of life. We focus on everyone who's in need but most especially on women, children, the elderly. And we are very active on the missionary field, bringing food, clothing, everything else to people who are in dire need. We function in the United States as well as other countries. And of course, at the very foundation of our organization is the gospel of Jesus Christ that we share with everyone that we come in contact with. If you're interested and would like to become part of this wonderful organization, you can call us at 321-804-8044. That's 321-804-8044. Samarita Global Outreach. Let's never grow tired of doing good. Thank you for your support of mind. That's what you deserve. And that's why you need to call CNJ One Stop Services, Maurice Nelson Consulting for your income tax, immigration, credit repair, and a wide range of other professional services. We also specialize in writing and editing. So don't sweat over that speech or make costly mistakes in your promotional material. No, call us 321 
321-804-8044. We're located in beautiful downtown Orlando. The number again, 321-804-8044. CNJ One Stop Services, Mary's Nelson Consulting. You get our best every time. And thank you to all our listeners, listeners of Caribbean Rhythms Radio Network for being with us today on MTNM Master Thinkers and Movers. This is Maurice Nelson signing off and telling you to keep reaching higher. Let's climb higher. Have a wonderful week. See you next time.